you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. It's still real to be damaged. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast presented by Intuit QuickBooks, the official sponsor of the NFL. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined in a city filled with heroes still and bunkers, and they ain't going nowhere. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Hey, everybody. TGIF, am I right? You've never been more right. I mean, this if there's been a day where that applies and you just feel it from head to toe, it's uh, this day. I will miss you guys, though. I mean, uh, the weekend, not going to be too much different other than, than this show. I will miss this hour of normalcy with you guys. <laughs> Anybody got some big weekend plans? I'm on nesting duty, uh, wallpapering and painting the nursery. So nice. a lot of a lot of hard labor. Mm. I got a, I got seven boxes weighing approximately 420 pounds total um, that make up a, a bunk bed for the boys. So that's my weekend. Going to fly high now. <laughs> I uh, consider myself uh, my children's uh, personal trainer. We call it Body by G. So uh, we've got some bike rides. We've got some you know runs around the neighborhood. It's going to be big. Yeah, I mean, you just told us that parks and trails are cut down. My my kids desperately need to uh, move those arms and legs, and I'm not sure uh, how that gets accomplished at this point, other than you know, go get me this, go get me that small child, which they're yeah, not very amenable to. They officially closed the beaches in Los Angeles as of uh, Friday afternoon. That's so. a shot across your bow. It is, especially this last week when they took away the parking. Uh, we've been just walking down kind of like the big hill down there, and it's empty. It's been it's been a good place to get exercise. All right. Ricky, how about you? Yeah, hanging out. I've been reading a really good book I like. It'll be nice to just sort of be off, off the radar. What's the book? It's called uh, A Secret History by Donna Tart. Oh, yeah. Greg yeah. read that, right? Yep. Yeah, I think I've read that. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. She's actually reading the uh, Jessica Simpson memoir. Yeah, I do want to read that too, though. Actually, <laughs> so do I. I really do. How's that your body's it? health, Ricky? Me, my body's health. It's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's how is bad. your body? Feels it's like you've Ricky. been testing it a little bit. Yeah, it's been it's been bad. I've been putting it through the ringer. I think <laughs> um, I woke up feeling hungover this morning, and I didn't even drink last night, so that's probably not a good sign. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was lagging. No. That's that's curious. Yeah. Um, this is the Friday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. We have come to you five days this week. And as we promised, today's show will be a collaborative effort between us, the heroes, and you, the listeners. A mailbag episode of the pod. But before that, there is some news. Again, yes, things have slow, slowed down considerably. But there is news to hit. So let's start right there. All right, let's start with a little league calendar update. Roger Goodell has made it official that the league's management council 
Executive Committee, as it's called, unanimously decided the draft will move forward as planned April 23rd to April 25th. It will not be in Vegas, as we know, uh, but it will be done somehow, uh, I imagine, either from NFL Network or... Uh, just somehow, video-wise, it will be beamed that way. Uh, but there was a push. We talked about it earlier this week that some of the GMs, or the majority of the GMs, felt that given all the obstacles presented by the COVID-19 outbreak, that these teams needed more time to make their decision. Well, Rogers keeping things uh, where they are April 23rd to 25th. Greg, your thoughts? Well, I think it sets kind of the timeline for all these teams to get their ducks in a row. We still have almost a month uh, until the draft. Tom Pelissero has kind of been reporting this all along, and and Goodell said it was unanimous and unequivocal, uh, at least among the managers, commissioner, executive committee, uh, that this is going to happen. And teams are just going to have to deal with not having pro days, not having physicals, and base it on the tape, which they tell us, you know, over and over is the most important part of the equation. I'm curious how it's going to play out as a TV event, but I guess I guess this means Wes and, and Mark, who, you know, Dan, uh, it's time to start grinding. I mean, get in there on the Murray State nose tackles and be ready for April 23rd. <laughs> I mean, some of us have been, uh, you know, pouring through Murray State tape since middle of the middle of September. So I, I don't know who you're addressing there, but at the same time, like I feel like the minute free agency didn't get delayed. And the uh, you know, certain people didn't get their way on free agency, and the leagues had pushed forward. That the draft doing the same, I think maybe if you want to spin it as a proactive approach, that the hope is if a lot of this passes by May or you know late late May or early June, that the rest of this calendar just goes as as planned. Versus, do, I think the thing is you don't want to delay week one, week two, week three, but. You know, the the boss has spoken, so. <laughs> yeah, after all these years of questioning things, I have decided to keep towing the company line and keep saying we only have a minuscule percentage of the information that the decision makers have. Totally fine with any decision they come mm. up with. Well put. Well put. Hey, I was thinking just um, how we are in unprecedented times where everything is changing, and you see it everywhere – I'll I'll focus on entertainment, but you could, I'm sure, take it across all spectrums of life. But movies now are being moved uh, that were supposed to come out or had just come out when this um, coronavirus hit and the movement being moved straight to on demand. TV shows, like like the late night shows, how they're just doing um, um, stuff from their homes and it's very lo-fi, all of it. News shows, it used to be get everybody in the in the studio and put all the makeup on them and put them in their fancy suits. I wonder if one of the what comes out of this whole, you know, globally life society changing thing is could things change in the NFL as well? Could hmm. could the idea that you wiped out pro days and you wiped out this and you took the scouts off the road? Could it be when life goes back to normal, hoping it does, uh, that things could change across the world in a lot of different ways, but even in the NFL, uh, maybe even the way we work. I mean, everyone working remotely, if it, and, and it will, will it be like everybody needs to be in the office all the time. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens after this. Well, I do think that part will change for a lot of people. I think there will be more working remotely in many different fields. But as far as the NFL, I can't imagine that they're going to minimize I can't imagine they're going to go more Spartan with uh, their activities throughout the year. I, I, when everything's back to normal, 
I imagine they'll keep ramping it up. They got to get to that twenty-five billion mark. Well, yeah, certain, if you, if you well, certain at- teams. I mean, let's say, let's say your beloved, former beloved Bengals realize, wow, we uh, saved X amount of dollars by not putting scouts on the road for seven months, and we came to the same conclusion anyway. Uh, maybe there'll be decisions made on the economical level. I don't know. Well, in the Bengals front office, that's known as the nineteen nineties. <laughs> we don't need scouts on the road. I, I do wonder. Like the, go ahead, Greg. I do wonder if they would change any aspects of the draft itself as a televised um, event, like how much time they're going to take for each day, each pick, each night. Like that remains to be seen, and that's something where they could uh, get creative. I do kind of imagine twenty twenty one they're going to be back in Vegas as as long as everything's. Uh, fine by then they're going to want to have the show of the guys going on the gondolas or whatever they were going to do on the water and they're going to blow it out bigger than ever this is yeah, draft- go ahead so I, I think things could change like especially on the media front if you realize ratings don't rise or fall even though it's four or five individuals reporting from four or five different locations and the production cost has been slashed down to one fiftieth of, of what it was but the flip side, when you look at certain things that have happened in history where everyone was like, you know, bunkered away and not able to live normally, that on the other end of that, when, when things get back to normal, sometimes you suddenly have people going, you know, pell-mell to the wall and like en- wanting to enjoy society and wanting to re-enjoy a lot of those things all over again. So to Wes's point, you mean the NFL might like hit, put the foot to the pedal coming out of this for next year to be bigger than ever. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't slow down one iota with the way they want this to be the biggest thing in sports versus allowing them to, so let's take a pocketed small approach to society. That just doesn't seem to be in their DNA. I mean, the NFL got lucky that this is all happening in the offseason. It seems like it's a big um, disruption to the NFL, and it, and it is, but compared to every other sport it, it's kind of nothing. And Today was supposed to be opening day for Major League Baseball. Right, and the timeline of it, you know, the season starting in September, we'll see, but that that's still a pretty long timeline to where the NFL could be in a position where, you know, they're part of things getting back to normal. Also, does the draft need to be three days long, given no. the, the changes, the process? I understand if you want to keep Thursday night, the 23rd, limited to the first round because that's more special. But couldn't we hypothetically knock out the rest of the thing on Friday, given you're, <laughs> you're stripping away all the pomp and circumstance? I don't know. I saw one suggestion, make it a week. Like, no, what not else do a, we have no. to do? No, no because you've no. got day three where you've got you know gorillas and manatees and uh, porcupines <laughs> announcing you know seventh round picks, and it's like it's we don't need this to be necessarily that when we return to the norm. I love those talking porcupines announcing the Raiders' <laughs> sixth-round pick and Mike Mayock's head exploding. <laughs> um, all right, in other news, Antonio Brown, we've already kind of talked about this, but now we have it right from the horse's mouth. Bucks coach Bruce Arians said the team will not be bringing in free agent wide receiver Antonio Brown. Tom Brady has some type of deep-level obsession with Brown. Um both with the Patriots, where Brown briefly played, and apparently he had he had. Although I don't know where this came from exactly, if this is actually on record that Tom Brady wanted Antonio Brown in Tampa as well. But uh, here's what Arians had to say: There's no there's no room and probably not enough money. It's just not going to happen here. It's not a fit here. Of course, Arians was with Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh, 
and reportedly he didn't see eye to eye with the talented but troubled wide receiver. He did say he's looking for a pass catching running back. Um, what about a Le'Veon Bell? Bruce Arians uh, reunion, although if he's citing money as an issue, Le'Veon Bell is in the upper tier uh, of money earning running backs, but perhaps that could be worked out with the New York football Jets. I don't think Arians and Le'Veon Bell were in Pittsburgh together. I think Arians was in Arizona by the time Ah, Bell arrived. Um, As far as Antonio Brown, um, I know I've been pretty vocal about this. Um, it does not surprise me that somebody who was in Pittsburgh with him does not want him in the locker room, contrary to the conspiracy theories that Antonio Brown's issues are all related to Vontez Perfect's hit. If you read, um, and there's a lot of articles about this, about Antonio Brown's time in Pittsburgh, the troubles go back years and years um, to the point where Mike Tomlin, even five, six, seven years ago, was making separate rules for one guy versus the other 52 guys. And Bruce Arians was there, and he saw all that. I like that Arians is so definitive about this, just giving us, you know, making it clear. That's what you like about Arians. Like, I also found it interesting how he really defended Tom Brady's deep ball. Uh, maybe taking a shot across your bow there, uh, Wes, saying he, he thinks he throws a great deep ball, and that's going to be a big part of their offense, the play-action deep ball game. So we will see. My biggest problem with Brady is his reduced mobility, not his deep ball. And I think you can see some of the arm strength uh, diminished on sideline throws, not necessarily deep ball throws. I like what Greg said. I think that it's important for Arians, who is a, you know, a decided man's man, and it's not, to not be a wilting flower and just uh, you know, cave in and say, maybe we'll do whatever Tom Brady wants. And I don't think there's any. Obviously, I think those two are thrilled to be working together. And he was pretty, pretty, um, he hit it pretty hard that they're going to find that pass catching back in the draft and that he considered this draft for remaining holes absolutely critical. And, you know, I feel like there's also no, suddenly no pressure on Jason Light, who should have a lot of pressure on him in general <laughs> um, because of this Tom Brady thing. But, you know, you need to come out of this with a couple guys that can help Brady in this type of offense right away. And so Arian says, obviously, what is Tom Brady? You can say, talk all you want about his deep ball, but I, wouldn't, I would see them looking for running back that can catch 60, 70 passes. That, was, that would help him more than trying to convince us that Tom Brady can still throw it 60 yards through the air like anyone else. Please. I would say the pressure is maybe a little bit off Jason Light because that was one of the genius master strokes that we've seen in free agency for some time. No, no, absolutely. But like, yeah. it just, but otherwise, had that not happened, and they were clinging to James Winston, would people would be going nuts. You know, because he was James Winston was about to get everybody fired, and they made they came to the right decision. And I think they needed help, as I've said on the show, and um, it 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 came up in the uh, the latest Peter King Monday Morning Quarterback. Is he still called that? No, football. Day in America, I don't know. Morning. Um, morning, football morning, life. I believe in America that they felt pretty good. The Bucks felt pretty good about Jameis Winston. Now the London game, which we talked about, um, that spooked them with the five turn up, the five interceptions and the two picks, but uh, fumbles. But then he kind of put it himself together. And entering Week 16, they were feeling pretty good about him. And then when he bombed out in those two last weeks, it kind of sealed his fate in Tampa. It sounded like so. Good on Jason Light and good on Bruce Arians for not, you know, staying the course. And now they, it seems like they have a, 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 a just a fresh lease on life now with Brady. It's all hunky dory. 
In other news, Michael Brockers is back with the Rams. He signs a three-year contract. He can make up to $31.5 million. Uh, this was very similar to the contract he agreed to with the Ravens uh, almost two weeks ago. But the Ravens, as we talked about on Thursday's show, had some issues with his physical, uh, his ankle specifically. Uh, so they backed out of the deal, and now he comes back to the Rams. So, you know, this is a, uh interesting way for Brockers to continue his employment uh, with his team. But that's the way it works out sometimes, especially this year, Mark, with the um, lack of um, ability to go visit the teams and whatnot. This was kind of inevitable you'd have some of these cases. Yeah, I know I've been hitting that um, maybe overly hard this week um, as a as a factor, but <laughs> it's you know it, I find the thing I find interesting is that you know he got hurt in the in the finale. That why uh, how differently certain teams act because if it's a medical thing, uh, you know the Ravens have for some reason red flag not doing this deal with someone that in the, I would think would be healthy at some point during the de- like early in the first season and be fine, and the Rams say yes, so I. I I'd like to know at some point how the two operate and why the Ravens were so much more cautious when it's such a big need for their team. Tricky spot for the Ravens, too, because they had traded Chris Warmly to the Steelers because they thought they had his replacement in Brockers, and now they don't have either. And they went after Ndamukong Sue before the Bucks re-signed him, so that might explain why they went after Sue. I think back to last week, like the middle of last week, which now feels like doesn't free agency frenzy when they were still doing that show feel like it was like 1994? That's how long ago that <laughs> <Yes>. was. But <laughs> I, but I think I think back to one segment where I saw them ask um, Daniel Jeremiah. He does a podcast. No, no, he's the draft analyst for NFL Network. Oh, right, right. No, I thought I thought he that, did something with mm. the, one of the women from Love Is Blind. It's something like that. Some <laughs> I think there it is. Yep, that's okay. It. And and they asked him who's the biggest winner of uh, free agency so far. And he said the Ravens, a team he used to work for. So I don't know if there's a little bias there. And he talked about, you know, the Calais Campbell, Michael Brockers duo in the middle. And that's going to make all the difference. Well, guess what? Here we are a week later. Brockers isn't even on that team. That analysis makes zero sense. Well, that's well said, Greg. (laughs) Well said, indeed. Finally, let's head to Kicker Corner. Excuse me, the Kicker Club. And this one's got me uncomfortable. The Cowboys signed Greg the Leg Zerline, formerly of the Rams, to a three-year, $7.5 million contract. Um, He teams with Bones. The special teams coordinator, John Bones Fossil, who joined Mike McCarthy's staff in Dallas this offseason. And uh, Zerline, after a long run with the Rams... Joins Big D, but here's the thing. I mean, let's just keep it real. We got an issue here because Kai Forbath, we just talked about it last week. He signed a deal with the Cowboys. You're gonna tell me that you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna lull Kai Forbath into a false sense of security. He goes ten for ten for you down the stretch. Almost kicks you into the damn playoffs. You give him a deal, and then a week later, you sign one of the more well-known kickers to the league to a saucy money deal? That's a killer move. I mean, <laughs> Kai's Kai, and I get that, but that feels personal. He gone. I mean, I'm reading this stuff in Dallas like, oh, it's a kicking competition. Give me a break. I mean, they, they did Kai dirty. They stuck a knife in his back. Uh, it's it's Greg the Leg's job. Because I mean, Kai, Kai coming off 10 for 10. Kai could have probably caught on and actually signed with a team that would have given him a chance to start. 
Like Greg said, there's no way he, this is going to be a fair competition unless Greg the Leg gets hurt. I just wonder if they came, the Cowboys, to the same conclusion that, you know, your initial, um, you know, medical staff sources were uh, telling you about. That this, you know, maybe there's more to it than just the going 10 for 10 is not good enough down the stretch of last season. Is so he why a fit in the locker him? room? Is he a fit in the locker room, Kai Forba? Why did they sign him then? I don't Well, because who know? I, I don't have an answer to that. You know? They didn't know they could get Greg the Leg. What is the for- oh, I got to find out the four bath money. Hang on a second. Well, I, I don't think there's much guarantees, but I do know there's three and a half million of guarantees for Zerline. So it really feels like I, they not might. A competition. Kai should ask for his release. This should be the drama that we uh, that we are covering all offseason. Him like angling to get out of Dallas. Let him be free. Hmm. What about Kai to the Patriots? I mean, they certainly have a needed kicker. They already cut him last year, didn't they? Well, maybe this is a different version of Ty Forbath. <laughs> they, they, well, they didn't got, know they about that. Ten, They're fine. They're fine. Didn't know about that ten kick segment of the season. Right. Uh, he was money west. You see it? He, <laughs> there was nothing. There was nothing tucking inside the upright or just barely grazing over the crossbar. It was straight down the middle. Every kick he had, including a couple of bombs, as I recall. Powerful I like leg. The, I like you described it as tucking it inside the uprights because it was a very Tucker-like performance. <laughs> ten, 10 out of 10, some might say small sample size, but if you extrapolate that over a full 16-game season, he ties Gary Anderson's single-season accuracy I'm mark a- for not missing a kick. Right, <laughs> and you know he's not blowing it uh, in the NFC title game if he got his chance. Uh, for the record, according to Over the Cap, he signed a $1 million one-year deal. If they cut him before June 1st, uh, they do, it, it leaves basically nothing in dead money, less than a million bucks. So do the <laughs> right really thing. Really digging here. deep on this one. <laughs> I mean, do the right thing. It's not. It's not how you treat a guy. This guy's a veteran. This guy is thirty three years old. He's got a family. Give him a chance. And you never know what he's capable of. <laughs> no, guy's Kai, man. Guy's Kai. That's what's happening in the news. All right. Why is Reggie Bush trending? Let me look into this. Reggie Bush. We worked with him briefly on our Twitter show. I thought we had a pretty good relationship with him. Um, he seemed to like it uh, doing our video show. He found us to be funny or at least amusing. He bought uh, us all shots at the holiday party, which I didn't think was uh, just a hollow uh, gesture. He, he seemed to want it was to twice. Do that. Two straight holiday events right. the night before Thanksgiving. We ended up in a bar, same bar as him in Venice. He bought us shots then. Did it again at the holiday party. Now, it should be said that the Twitter show, he kind of just disappeared at one point. He never came back. So I just want to say that that was disappointing. However, um, <laughs> the reason he is trending. So is... did the Twitter show, but that's, you know. No, but the Twitter show we did through January, right? And well, Reggie I think was he gone got another December. job. Yeah, I think he, he disappeared and then he got another job. He changed job, companies. Yeah. So there is yeah. there is some seed of an explanation. He was but like, I, I really want to finish a... out my commitment. Is that okay, Fox? And they're like, no, sorry, can't do the Twitter show. I see us <laughs> as close <laughs> companions. I don't really see a debate there. I mean, every all the evidence points to a very tight relationship. Well, I'm happy to report he's not trending because he has the coronavirus. It looks like it's just a bunch of goons on Twitter talking about who's the best college running back in history. So... <laughs> Good for them. All right, let's open up the mailbag. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. This one is from our buddy Eric Jensen at Eric18Utah. If you had to pick one player, coach, GM, NFL personality to spend the coming apocalypse with, who would it be and why? Boys. 
I'll start out. Uh, well, I immediately eliminated coaches and GMs because I want someone, if the apocalypse is coming, in as fit and um, dominant physical shape as possible because you don't know what's gonna you don't know what's gonna happen. You might need Smart. some help. And I'm Smart. I'm a person. I'm not looking for any drama in my life. Like adding another person or just hanging out with one person I don't know sounds problematic. So I thought, who's like the most fit and chill player I can think of? It's Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, you're gonna have a fine time with Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, he's going to be agreeable. You're going to have a good time. There's not going to be, be any drama. Might be a little underwhelming. No, like, he's his, also his air yards per attempt might match his personality. No, he he, <laughs> he comes. He is. Uh, I know a little bit bit about his backside. I mean, he comes from a, a very tough background that he overcame. He's got a lot of toughness inside of him. He's got a lot of positivity. I want someone positive who's been through a lot more than I've been through uh, to lead me through the the apocalypse. It's good. It's a good one. I I am gonna go with someone that I um that I spoke with in person, and I found uh, this individual to be uh, pretty captivating. And um, can, I, can we just one second, Mark? Yes. You, you act like Teddy Bridgewater, Greg, is Winston Churchill or something. I mean, he's been you, through so much that I could never compare. I mean, he's a football player. He's twenty seven years. I'm old. saying about his uh, his background and his upbringing. Um, he, he has been through a lot more than than probably I'll ever. I'm All right, saying I'll, those, I'll those do skills, my research. Those, those skills those skills could come in handy. Plus, I don't know anyone in the NFL or coaches, so you, you're you're flying blind here. All right, there go is ahead, that Mark, video so. of him dancing down the sideline too, where I, that I he had a. a more personality than I imagined beforehand. So you never know, Greg, bit of a wild card. Drew Stanton was a great dancer on the sideline, too. Well, I think some of these guys are more fun to hang out with than they are playing football. I, so the person that I spoke with gave me a pretty incredible comment about um, the quarterback on this person's team. This is the owner of the Detroit Lions, Martha Firestone, Firestone Ford, who, when I'm going to be hanging out through, uh, it, you know, the society is crumbling, okay, because uh, I, I was like, oh, yeah, like John Schneider, Mike Vrabel, like all these uh, assumed cool guys who have a lot of responsibilities right now and probably are freaking out and not that much fun to hang out with because their careers are all on fire. I want to pick Ford, who uh, I would imagine she lives in a, a lavish, um, well-stocked, uh, you know, ultra bunker with like jewel encrusted walls. Uh, and I just go from huge room to huge room with a nice glass of champagne. The world can't touch us. And I'm sure she's uh, a delightful person to hang out with. Big roaring fireplace. I mean, what what's not to like? Just outside of Detroit? No earthquakes? But what, it, what, it, what about when the people come to like take that house and you have to run? Well, that's where the friendship ends. <laughs> then I've got to, you know, then I've got to go do what I've got to do. Live to see another uh, another day, please. How about you, Wes? Well, I was going to say NFL on Corks Lakeisha Wessling would be my choice, you know, if it's an NFL personality, but I didn't think you guys would let me get it's away with it. said player, coach, GM, so... No, it, it did say slash uh, NFL personality or something Yeah, like that. that would count, but Wes, she, is she listening to every show still? Uh, she tries to. I don't know if she's keeping up. All right, let me let you off the hook. E- exempting your wife. Um, okay, thank you for that, generous of you. Um, <laughs> I looked at this the same way Greg did. It's like, who can I stand for hours at a time? Sure. Um, and I came up with Chris Long, recently retired, pass rusher of the Eagles, Rams, Patriots. Uh, a guy, whenever he's tweeted out anything, whenever I see an interview, whenever he's in Africa digging wells for homeless people, or climbing Mount Kilimanjaro just seems like a cool guy, um, and I'd like to hang out with him. So 
That's why I want to spend the apocalypse. Going to have to fight off Damashek. <laughs> that's, that's true. Damashek can join us. That'd be um, fun. Give me... Uh, you want to be on a deserted island with Damashek? That's, that's a lot. Was there a deserted island? Is that what this, this is? No, what this, is it? This was like through the apocalypse. pandemic, I believe. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're there to spend the coming apocalypse with. So I, this seems to be like the pandemic gets worse. <laughs> We're going to need a court jester, so Damashek will be there. Um, I will go with Tony Romo. Um, I just, mostly because he's like a total bro. I feel like we could listen to Pearl Jam albums together and talk about the 90s and talk about pop culture. And then I just love to hear his stories. I bet he has a ton of great stories. Everyone from Parcells to Jera, Jessica Simpson, Carrie Underwood, my wife, my wife. Here's a story. I don't know if I shared it on this podcast before. Uh, Romo's rookie year at the Cowboys. My wife was living in Dallas at the time. I had not met her yet. And she lived in the same complex as Romo, who lived with a bunch of his buddies uh, and Romo came to uh, Emily's condo one night looking for Band-Aids. True story. <laughs> and I've always wondered if there was more to that story, and Emily has never told me anything more. Mm. So I figure if I go straight to the source, uh could make things you know, a little bit weird on this island. I'm looking at it as an island for some reason, but I need answers, and I'm going to get it I can't during believe the apocalypse. I can't believe we've come this far in this show. <laughs> Uh, both your wife and Romo have been on our show. Romo's interview did not um, point ahead to the success he'd have um, on air in general with us. But yeah, my uh, wife, my wife didn't make up a fictional uncle that she watches Directv with. I'm just saying, how, how have we never heard that story? There, there's definitely more going on there. I don't. I think you've been given about 26 percent of the narrative. Mm, I raised this question uh, while we were eating lunch, and uh, Emika, you know, my wife, uh, chose my wife. Tony Romo too. She thought that would be the right choice. She's always we're been talking, t- Team Romo. Talking about a guy who once stopped on the side of the road to help a stranger with his car and didn't want the story to get out. Mm, there you go. You know, Chris Long, meanwhile, you know, he's just going to tell you about what a hero he is the whole time. <laughs> and it's just going to be like after a while. It's like, Chris, we get it. You're a better man than I. I mean, no, I, I think we're probably going to be bashing the same people together. That's probably <laughs> what's going to happen. Uh, what about you, Ricky? Do you have an answer to that one? No yeah, pressure. Tom, Tom Brady. Huh? Interesting. Because he's, he's not—he's not, not going to eat any of my quarantine food. He's just going to have <laughs> his like avocado ice cream or whatever. Touche. So I don't have to worry about that. He won't like drink any of my wine. Like he doesn't Smart. do any of that. <laughs> and he's chiseled out of marble so if someone comes into my house for some sort of raid like i'm gonna stand behind like seven foot you know 52 foot brady seven seven foot 52 (laughs) foot yeah that's how big he is you know this invader doesn't have much foot speed Yeah. yeah exactly i you know brady to me and i know he's conventionally attractive um but he kind of falls under the tom cruise Cruise is on my mind right now because of my Jerry Maguire late night watch on Wednesday. But like Tom Cruise, conventionally very attractive, but you never hear women talking about how hot they think Tom Cruise is. Brady to me is also in that kind of Scientology cyborgy type thing where hot dude, but does anybody really like weigh into him? Does that does that connect any dots with anybody? Yeah, for sure. But I it wasn't like, who do you want to exactly. You know. 
Yeah, like, the rest no, of us not choose it based off who we want to, you know. Get Martha with. Ford and Mark are getting hot and heavy through this <laughs> pandemic here. Uh, no, no I thought that's where you were going originally. That's what brought it. Brought it. Brought oh, it I think yeah. Erica's point though is that Tom Brady's like t- Tom Cruise like. Uh, quirky habits would you know Erica announced two shows ago that she's on the hunt for I mean meat products meat mm-hmm. and he would not be taking away from that or your um, largesse of uh, red wine there and so I think that this makes a lot of sense it's like keep the stockpiled and resources also, high I'm so like just hopeful that now that he's out from under Belichick's wing, that like all of a sudden he's going to develop some personality. We had no, no his, idea. His existed. intro press conference would indicate otherwise. Yeah, he's, yeah, that, he's still feeling the ropes out. Like, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know if he's great for conversation, but you never know. You really don't. Yeah. Maybe Eric could bring it out of him more than like a 61 year old, uh, totally annoying, pudgy sports writer in Tampa. I'm yeah, just saying maybe like- Erica has more resources to pull out the other side of Tom Brady. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up from Kakar at VK Hack. Dan, speaking of Tom Brady, Dan, will you hate the Bucks now? Totally the opposite. <laughs> I've never hated Tom Brady. I hate the Patriots and I hate Bill Belichick. In fact, I didn't really know that until this all went down because I'm rooting really hard for Tom Brady to thrive in Tampa and stick it to uh, all those jabronis up in New England. So that's that feels where I'm like at. more. That feels like more of a you're just rooting against the Patriots. Then yes, I guess I'm, Brady doing well would would be good for that. But also, and I actually talked about this at length, Greg. You should check it out on the uh, Pick Six podcast with Will Brinson. That I just, I still, as you know, it sticks. It stuck in my craw. I thought the Patriots didn't treat Brady right. So I kind of think he. It would be nice to, if he got a little revenge season in 2020. So I am rooting for Tom Brady. I do not hate him or the Bucks. I'll bring the whole family around. We'll turn it on on the Sonos, and everyone will listen. Little pick six pod. <laughs> uh, will is very good, by the way. He's an excellent uh, host, and he asks interesting questions. So make sure you check out that pod with all his super friends. We're, we're the heroes. They call each other. Uh, they're they're the super friends. Did you know that? Hmm. Like that. It's a nice spinoff. Nice spinoff. I saw that episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> uh, this from Bro Lairder at Krusty Breadloaf. Will Greg release the tapes now that the world is in crisis? Oh, Greg, that's that's fair. At, at a time when people are giving all these charitable donations and trying to prop up local industry and help out people in need. Never has there been a better time uh, to follow through with the Delaware tapes release in exchange for a charitable donation. Come on now, bud. Where are these tapes coming from? How big? I'm so hungry. <laughs> we need your help. Do it for us. Will you be my dad? We really need to listen to Delaware. <laughs> you know, you have the tapes. Just say, at maybe, least acknowledge you have maybe the Maybe we could, I don't have the tapes. We could maybe get the band back together on Zoom or something and you know, play a charity oh, that live would be, concert. That would be amazing. Are you still friends with the guys in Delaware? I don't keep up. We don't keep up. I mean, we're definitely not like um, enemies, but no, none of us are like lifelong friends. Uh, Greg continues to lie about the tapes existing. Mm. I have been contacted by a member of this band who has mm. told me the tapes exist. I'm not saying the tapes don't exist. I say I don't. Do know they have them? Why don't you get them? Mm. I'm not on Facebook anymore. 
Well, I mean, Wes, I mean, for this investigation alone, and I know you have issues with Facebook, you should have stayed on um, and just just to pursue this. You dropped the case. I, it, that's, it's, that's problematic, Wes. I, mea culpa. That's all. It's, when you it's look back on the up. overall like Delaware quest, that is an un, that isn't that's sort of an under the radar footnote that you basically were in contact with someone who was going to send you the tapes and you bounced off the social media platform. Maybe it's on us that we put our faith in a man who uh, identifies himself in this video chat as a barroom gadfly. <laughs> all right i think out of, i think we all know if any one of the five of us was meant to be a private investigator it was mark sessler and uh, it would not fair. be me mark well we'll i take I don't the baton have, i do not have the bandwidth to take it on myself but i'll look into it if anyone listening to this has the tapes reach out and they will get into our possession one way or another the atn podcast at gmail that's it right ricky yeah Podcast at gmail.com. If you are out there, if you're a listener to the show and you have the tapes, we will make sure to make it worth your while. Please do it for us. Do it for the kids. Yeah, or like tweet at us or something that we'll see probably more often than checking that. No, you're you're the producer of the show. You're checking that every day like we talked about, right? Yeah, obviously, right? Magnifico. (laughs) Come on, Ricky. You, you know, said you it do- was just for the call nah, you know, sake, like, and people were is. emailing me and like, <laughs> you know oh, I'm a big is? fan of the show. I love the show. I don't have a, su- oh, I don't have a submission. How tough to hear from the fans of the show that love all of us. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. You are the Come biggest man, hypocrite I've ever met You know, what? You know what's also life. funny? It's like, listen, Erica stars on the rise in the company, and she's done such a tremendous job with getting the audio and the video working so well. Just ask and- her. And, head, and heads are turning and the bosses are reaching out to her. And you can see maybe it's starting to uh, lead to some changes in how she views this job. Mm. Now she doesn't have to check the Gmail anymore. Greg is loving that the quest for these tapes dissolved into infighting within four, four, 45 seconds. What's this you, investigation Ricky? couldn't be more sideways. I, I think that, it, uh, as Mark Sessler would say, it's a manufactured joke. <laughs> Wait, Jay Cutler's trending. Let me make sure he doesn't have Corona. Doris Burke uh, tested positive. No, no not that. Doris. Yeah. She's great. One of the great, great NBA uh, analysts out there. All right. Um, get well soon, Doris. Derek Gill and Jay Cutler does not have Corona. Um, at Derek CKXVX. William Belichick or Thomas Brady, who gets the most wins next season for their respective teams? Oof. Ricky Hollywood. Mm, Belichick. How many wins for Belichick? How many wins for Brady? Um, seven for Belichick, six for Brady. <laughs> Ooh-wee. Ooh-wee. That's kind of a that's a bit that'd of a hot take, Greg. That would be rough. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's gonna I be wanna, a rough. I want to see what happens at uh, quarterback here, but I will take I will take Belichick if forced. All right, I'm gonna set the over under, Greg, for the Patriots right now. At uh, over, it's going to be a little higher. Vegas will push it higher than people think. So I'm going to say nine and a half. It will not be that high in Vegas, but I'll just say over anyways. I would guess it'd be eight and a half, eight and a half in Vegas. Here comes the rain again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard uh, at a year with Jurgen. What? what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Someone's already uh, been bunkering away, I see. 
As a former San Diego fan, is it socially acceptable to bandwagon for the Colts? Hashtag BunkerCast. We've hit this before, but I think it's important to remind anyone who ever finds themselves in this terrible situation. Yes, it's socially acceptable to make the move wherever you want. Uh, if a team abandons you, you you absolutely are not beholden to stick with the team. Like if you're an Oakland fan, if you're from Oakland, you don't have to stay a Raiders fan. They left you, and you don't have to feel any guilt if you want to move on. Anybody disagree with that? No, I don't. I mean, I, I, my experience with Cleveland moving, uh, I was given assurances. Fans were pretty quickly that the team would be back after a long period of time. So I spent three years very enjoyably um, be, uh, being a Brett Favre fan when those mid-90s Packers were on fire. And Sundays were great because you weren't riding that emotional wave the same way. And I kind of tapped into maybe a little bit of what Wes experiences. But Chargers fans specifically, I just think they were done dirty and the whole situation doesn't feel right. So go and follow your heart. I like that. Follow your heart. It can't come from outside. Fandom is such an organic thing. It has to come from totally inside of yourself. And if the team abandoned you and that you have nowhere else to turn, you owe nothing to that team. Graham Hackney at GHackney78 writes, when all this is over, this being the COVID-19 outbreak, where will you choose for your first day trip? Chris Wesley. Hmm. Day trip, that implies no flights. You're just going on a little road trip. Um, Doesn't even have to be a road trip. Uh, You know, anything outside the house, in public, you could be around people, you could be outside, you know, the whole thing. I would like to go see Yosemite again. Mm, Beautiful up there. Hmm. There That's what I would like to. You know what? I haven't been to Tahoe. That would be a cool place to go. All right. Greg? Mm, I didn't think as big as that. I was just thinking, like, go downtown uh, on the old train. Go to the public library with the kids. They love that trip. Go to Grand Central Market, which is nice. Maybe go to K-Town at night. A little date. I miss uh, I miss going out to eat. That's I mean, you miss a lot of things. But That's a major part of your yeah, marriage, right? It is. I do miss that. Emika, the former chef, and uh, you, a uh, foodie. Both of you love it. That's like your whole thing on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Any fraying? You know, they, a good thing to do, by the way, everybody, uh, with all these local restaurants, which is a really bad situation. This is crazy. Like how, because it is, we're living through what both is a, uh, a health emergency and the economy is in major trouble, but takeout helps these businesses stay alive. So don't feel guilty. You know, here's the other thing. We're not spending any money really, right? I mean, uh, cause you're not out, you're not spending frivolously because there's not really nothing to get money. So go ahead, support the local businesses. Everything's open. Get some takeout food and keep these places alive because it's going to be very difficult the longer this goes on for local businesses. Unless you want every one of your restaurants around you to be a Subway or McDonald's. The cooking mm. process eradicates the bacteria. And the delivery drivers will leave it at your door so there doesn't have to be any physical exchange. Just wash your hands when you get the food. There's no reason not to get takeout as far as I know. And I've done quite a bit of research on this. What about you, Mark? I, mine is similar to Greg's. I was I was thinking about this. It's like, do I really want to get in the car and drive four hours somewhere to a... I, I don't. I, I want to go everywhere that I've not been able to go during this time. And it gave me a bit of appreciation because LA is vast and there's like 80 neighborhoods. But even where we live, there is a neighborhood and there are five or six or seven little restaurants and places that we 
go to kind of religiously and they're not making money right now but even beyond all that i just want to have a day where i'm like i'm dropping like some serious cash and i'm going to go all over the neighborhood and do everything <laughs> i want to do for like eight or nine hours and live the way i want to live in los angeles and then you know deal with it on the other side what about that foggy afternoon a couple of years back when you uh waltzed into the old age center Maybe, you know, because people are saying like do that's not what he's saying when he's saying deal with the repercussions later. Right. So Those right. people could not have been more excited <laughs> to have a younger person come in and pay attention to them. And thought, th- what place right now is a place no one will go to because of the anecdotes? It's the number one place you should right? not be going to. As sad right. as that is. So when that's cleared, when that, you know, bill of health is cleared, I think it would be nice to go meet with some people that probably fought in World War Two and, you know, have some real stories. You know, well, if we're going to all be yeah. passing out accolades here, I'll, th- there's, that's where mine go. I feel like there would be a, it would be a grand gesture of symbolism as well, Mark. That would yes, be where would. you go first. Yeah. Very nice. I care about the previous generations. When we're being told now, don't care about them. Well, nonsense. They gave birth to the people that gave birth to us um, I in will, some cases. I will call up my good buddy, Bob, uh, from the Throwback Podcast, and we'll do what a, a tradition that we've... Uh, lost a little bit since kid kids entered the picture but we will uh get in the car we'll drive east uh east of hollywood and go to the old par three uh Ooh. the swingers par three uh before that we'll stop at the local liquor store and we'll pick up a 12 pack and uh, we'll just take all you need is the pitching wedge and the putter because no hole is longer than 130 yards i believe and I'm not even a golfer, but we bring along a little uh, a Bose speaker. We got some brews. We got four golf clubs and six balls because we're going to lose a couple. And uh, we play nine holes twice. That's what I'm going to do. I like that plan. That sounds Ricky? like a lot of fun. Um, I'm probably going to just travel um, everywhere. Like, I love to, to fly. Day trip. Day trip. Yeah, but I could fly to like Westhead Tahoe for the day or Vegas for the day or the Grand Canyon for the day. Um, would love to get out or go to a club and give Corona free kisses to everybody. Oh, look at that. What if they don't want them? Well, you got to ask first, Wes. Something tells me our In first day back, uh, like first, there's not going to be like a magical day where they're like, everyone make out. You know, I think, uh, <laughs> no. I think it's probably going to be a pretty like, you know, slow reentry. No, I think like, it's like, OK, Friday, five o'clock, like everyone can kiss. <laughs> like Tinder is back on fire. Yeah, I don't I feel like that website might be struggling right now. And then it's basic concept. They're putting uh, out marketing ploys like you can FaceTime video chat. Most couples are getting to know each other over over the Internet. Yeah, that's um, what Tinder's for, getting to know each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this one from Yes at Yes164. Granted, it hasn't come up recently, but is Dan's bit about Drew Brees managing his image and being a bit phony just a bit? Or is Dan not the only one who thinks that? I think there are people that think that, but I want to throw it in these times uh, these um, scary times. I want to shout out Drew Brees and his wife, Brittany, who announced Thursday they'll be committing $5 million to the state of Louisiana for relief efforts to fight against the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. That is not a small amount of money, even for a rich person. Five million. And yes, you're going to say, oh, he just signed a two year, $50 million deal. I don't care. Five million is five million. And uh, if you um, I just think it's uh, highly commendable. And 
And if, if other people could do the same, they should, but not everybody does, and Drew Brees did. So, yes, sometimes he feels very calculating and the nice guy act, um, maybe a little bit of a whiff of is this genuine, but that was a genuine act, I think. I love that he's become such a part of New Orleans. He lives right uptown on a, like a street. Everyone in the town knows exactly where he lives. You pass by it, um, you know, on the tr- on the streetcar and um, – for whatever grief, yeah, we've given him. The city of New Orleans rightly like loves him. He'll be a legend there forever. Actions he, are more important than words, and he yes. just gave five million dollars. Absolutely, Greg, you're next. You went to Tulane. Peel off, so you peel off, just, you know, a million. That's all. <laughs> peel off. <laughs> uh, Heath at Heath O eighty two. You all do a great job and put out the best show comma for years at NFL media, put these guys on TV. Enough is enough. Ooh. I just thought that was a good tweet. I just thought that was a damn good tweet. It's a solid tweet. Well, hopefully uh 2020 season. Kirk Fatul. When the heroes break up Oasis style, will Mark Sessler or Chris Wessling write the tell all history of the pod? I mean, we're all writers, so I I would think it would be utterly remiss if there was a book about this experience that all of us were not pitching into. And I, I mean, that's not just being diplomatic. It would be absurd if just one or two people were tasked with writing the entire... This should be like a like a oral history, if anything, yeah, with what you, you everyone's get, point of view. It should feel like reading I want it the podcast. Slanted. I want it from just Mark's perspective, taking a lot of settling a lot of scores. <laughs> so many scores. I mean, so, I still have room for that. That would be the um, that that's what. Let's say it was like um, Neil Strauss writes the book, but he interviews um, all the the four of us, and then all our producers, and then. When it's time to do the media, the only thing that's uh, we're getting asked about is things that Mark said in his and when he was interviewed. <laughs> we're answering I am not, to all I, different things. I think if anything, my I you know, despite like me kind of blowing up on everyone before the show for five minutes, I'd like to think I'm attempting to grow as a person. It's not happening at the speed that I wish. Um, but compared to a couple of years ago, I think I have less hot takes about. Um, the overall experience, but Neil Strauss, Neil Strauss is going to stir things up a little bit, and he'd uh, be the perfect person to do yeah. this. By the way, I mean it would be a you know some of his stuff I've liked enjoyed reading, but it could be criticized for being a little outmoded in 2020. You can get right back into the zeitgeist with this one if you want to read a great, um, somewhat trashy um, story of um, a band or anything. The Dirt. Uh, the Real Story of Motley Crue by Neil Strauss is an incredible book. I'm not even a Motley Crue fan, but that's that's the guy I want writing my tell-all, a guy that really knows how to approach it. So maybe, Ricky, can you get Neil Strauss on the horn after this? Yeah, sure. All right. Have him contact our Gmail um, address. That's the way to do that with him. Yeah, I just linked it to my phone, so I'll get it right away. When Mark, I, go ahead, I Wes. saw that question about the book, you know, no matter who writes it, the first thing I thought was Dan will have to be a shadowy insider, triple sourcing everything. I mean, if I want to know like the roots of anything, I got I got to go to Dan. Triple source, baby. The insider. Um, that would be a great book. Tom Strachan uh, at Tom Strachan edit asked Mark, this one is for you specifically. How much of an edge do you give to teams like the Ravens and Niners who return so many starters and coordinators with this disrupted offseason? 
<laughs> well, I mean, I don't want to, you know, just play the hits here, but uh, I do. I think I'd give those teams an advantage in a totally pristine, uninterrupted uh, offseason. But I, you know, that I made my point on that topic, and now. And now it's time to see when this all what, what effect it has. I could be 100% wrong. Maybe what you get is you get you're going to get 14 totally new playoff teams. And the Bengals <laughs> are going to go 15 and 1 and the Ravens are going to go 1 and 15 because they can only handle normalcy or they enjoy the disruption. I don't know. Mark, I'm with that's, I'm, I'm with out. you first-time head coaches. At least that's where I'm with you is that the first-time head coaches are getting could get banged. It's yeah, do I feel like Kevin Stefanski has like a decided edge over John Harbaugh right now? No, I do not. <laughs> Weaver question. Wire. Weaver Wire asks at the Weaver Wire, how do you approach studying game film? All right. This is a, I like this question. Uh, I will start with myself. This past season is the first time I really ever watched every game and it was connected directly to power rankings. For me, it's more just watching the game and just seeing every play and uh, noting things. I don't watch the game the same way somebody that's at a, a more advanced state does. So I do it more just to be more plugged in on the teams. I'm interested uh, how the rest of you approach watching the games. Well, maybe we should go in order from like your. I'm probably the next in line on not someone that is checking out what like every defensive tackle and left guard are doing. What I used to do, what I've learned to do is take notes that actually matter for me in what I do during the week from week one to week two to week three. And that's, I'll watch a game. I will take a ton of notes and then try to elucidate the five or six things that really, that I learned about each team and that can go into the podcast and into writing. And I have to like learn to not take as many useless notes because it's so time consuming too. Uh, But I've tried to watch at least parts of every single game every year and it can get to be a grind at the end of the year. And I have great admiration when I see like Gregor West with like two or three in-depth pages of notes. It's like it is, it is a chore and uh, you have to learn what not to get boggled up in with for me in, in terms of the information. Yeah, I think for me, one thing that I write in my notes almost every week during the season is that you have to be in the right frame of mind and the right mood to watch game film. You can easily fall asleep and get stuck watching the same plays over and over again. You have to get really in the mood to do it, to do it well. Um, I sort of do regular season one way where I watch um, the condensed I, you know, at the beginning of every year, I try to watch the full games and I never have enough time. So I end up doing condensed anyway. Um, And what I look for is traits. You look at um, for running backs, who's making people miss, who's got instant acceleration, explosiveness, agility, pass catching ability, who's dusting linebackers off the line of scrimmage, wide receivers. Similarly, you know, for every position, there are traits you look for quarterbacks, arm strength, anticipation. Um, And then during the playoffs, I, I do watch the, the full game and sometimes the all 22 to get more specifically to strengths and weaknesses of the team. But um, for me, traits are always going to be the most important thing to look for. How about you, Greg? Yeah, I, I take notes too and watch condense, although I'm torn about it because I, I do wonder, would I be better off watching four games a week on the coach's film than watching every game. For our show, I guess I've come down on the answer is like no, because we talk about every team, and it's better to be a little more surface on a lot of things than have a good in-depth knowledge um, of less things. 
But once we get to the playoffs, like I do watch the All-22, and that's what I watch in the offseason if I'm prepping anything. And I, especially on on, def, on the defensive line or the running game, like I just feel like you can see really everything so much better, which took took a little while, I think, of just reps doing that. But that's like if you have the time, that feels a lot more helpful to me where, where I get you, you feel a little more confident in making some hotter takes after watching those. All right, good answers. Final question from James Stansfield at J.E. Stansfield. Who have you got lined up to cover Wes's upcoming paternity leave? Love your work, guys. Hint, it should be Erica. Hint. Ooh. That would be ideal. I mean, we, Erica already is part right, of the show. She's there. So it's just, you know, the, we would do it, the four of us, for as long as we need to. I haven't given it any thought yet, to be quite honest with you. I don't even... Wes, how long do you think you'll be out? Well, they have increased our paternity leave, so I have um, quite a bit to work with here. Uh, but you don't have to use it all at once. You can use it in um, in segments, so that's one thing to think about. But the um, lockdown is a big factor. I mean, even if I'm on paternity leave, I could still take an hour to do shows. So, I mean, I think it remains to be seen how any of this will play out. I think we'll see. You know, it's a good question. I haven't, I haven't thought about that. We're just gonna have little Debbie on every week. I'm sure That's we'll cool. see a lot of the, <laughs> yeah. the, a lot of the NFL. Uh, it, you know, if it's especially during the off season, May, June, July. That's when we have a lot of uh, guests, anyhow. So I think some of the people we we should work in some some more new people. But some of the people who've been so great on the show, like Colleen, it will obviously be uh, in when she wants to be, and Clay Bond and. And Steve Weish, and now I'm just gonna like forget people. But uh, well, I think know. it might be it also will be an opportunity to get some new people yeah. in there as well. So yeah, um, when the time comes and to sit down and think about it, we will. It'd be great if we're back in the studio because it's always better when the person's in the studio when you get to really you know judge how you're hitting it off in terms of chemistry and all that. But uh, that's all up in the air. It's weird. It seems like a lot of things are up in the air right now. <laughs> Well, be- because it's the off season when the baby is due, we had planned to do extensive traveling, you know, like taking a month, you know, to go to St. Louis and Cincinnati and Ooh, with the working baby? in our industry. You don't get to see your, especially when you live in Los Angeles, you just don't get to see your family. So, yeah, mm. we we're going to take the baby. But now who knows what traveling will be? We're I mean, basically even- we're basically the employees from Tiger King, Wes, where it's like. We don't go home for Christmas. We don't go home for we don't take days off. We work on our birthday. Uh, Our life is this sanctuary. I still have all my limbs attached. (laughs) There is the one thing that I Wes, I I would just say, don't even get on Twitter when you're whenever you miss a show or two and you get we've all experienced it and it probably affects each of us in different ways. But you get the tweet. It's like, hey, I really like Chris Wesley, but Greg Bedard's chemistry with the rest of the group was just unmistakable. It's like. Great, I'm getting like you know shoved off the set because I had a child. Like, don't that will never happen, Wes. You're not going to get bumped off the uh, off the crew. So I appreciate that. <laughs> well, now you have you have Mark's word, and it's solid as oak. Yeah, well, plus like, we know. Dad. Plus, I, plus if we we're know. voting, I'm voting keep Wes. So I, he has my vote. I, we know who to replace Wes with, Greg Bedard. <laughs> Um, all right. Thank you to everybody that sent in questions. Uh, got a bunch of them, I think close to 100. So that's pretty cool. Um, you guys are great. Uh, everybody continue to do what you got to do to hashtag flatten the curve. Oh, my God. Uh, by the way, next week, boys, we'll be back and lady um, mm-hmm. on Monday. 
we'll, we'll figure out what our what our schedule is next week. Whether we're going to do five days or cut it down to three, we'll, uh, we're kind of we got to talk that out still. But maybe one. Here's here's something exciting, and it's never been more. Uh, timing's never been better because multiple people in this chat room have gray beards. Uh, speaking um, for myself as well. The Greybeards are back. My team of uh, un- unattached uh, free agents, many of them over the age of 30. I put together a full roster, and that piece will be going up on NFL.com next week, and we will talk about it um, maybe as soon as Monday uh, and break down the whole team. And I, I do – I always I value your guys' um, judgment on this when you guys tell me exactly – how good or bad the team is. So this is a pretty big week for me coming up. I'm well, a little nervous. Well, I thought you made like a great move even before announcing the team, hiring uh, Antonio Gates as a front office consultant. He had been a member of the team for so long. He knows <laughs> what it takes to be part of the Greybeards. Yeah, it's true. I, I'm In terms of who's been the, a Greybeard the most, it's Antonio Gates by a mile. <laughs> Adrian Peterson popped up a couple years in a row. Because uh, he was lingering on the market, but he's he's found a, a steady home. Um, well, you so, do you have a good development program with the Greybeards. Look at Peterson. That's you true. Him up through the minors, <laughs> and now he's getting jobs all over the place. That's true. Um, so we will uh, we'll do that next week, and uh, we'll have fun. And um, thank you again, everybody, uh, for listening during these frankly crappy times. And people that reach out to us and say it's. Nice to to have something to listen to every day. We'll say it again that it's nice to do this. So it's a, you know, symbiotic. Is that what it is? Relationship? That's right. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to the Around the NFL podcast presented by Intuit QuickBooks, the official sponsor of the NFL. This is Dan Hansen signing off, signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Old Boss, and Ricky Hollywood behind the glass. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.